0: You have something funny to say for the cold open? I gotta come up with something funny.
1: Uh, okay, so something funny. Farfanugan. <laughs>
0: See? <laughs> it's okay. got laughs. That works then. Back to the band. Now we're in the episode. Uh, Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro. I am joined by Dr. Bill Robinson.
1: I could say Fluffernutter.
0: And Scott.
1: (laughs) See, I made him laugh again.
0: Scott, ha ha ha, Bill is funny, Gardner.
1: (laughs) Funny looking. Hey, I'm right here. (laughs) Funny smelling.
0: Yeah, that's a smell you don't. don't have that's a smell, smell you don't want to deal with. Extension on Skype. Smellivision. Television. Smellivision replaces television. Remember that <laughs> on Bugs Bunny? I think it was in the year 2000.
1: <laughs> in
0: the
1: year 2000. Oh, that's a late night with and O'Brien gig.
0: Rem- oh, remember? Hit, Bugs and Elmer <laughs> were, uh, fant- I guess, fantasizing about what the future might be, and they went to the year 2000. Mm. And they both had like little, little gray goatees. <laughs> I always remember that.
2: I know the one you're yeah. referencing, but that, that cartoon never – because I remember the first time I ever saw that somewhere, I was like yeah, – Yeah, that's not one I've I seen remember. a lot of times either. Yeah, they never played that on uh, on the local – whatever it was I was watching those cartoons on as a kid. Yeah. That was one that – because I, I grew up with a false impression that I'd seen like every single – Warner Brothers cartoon ever made, and yeah, that's totally not true because whatever we were watching them on, they they played like their select ones, but they certainly did not play them all because every once in a while, I still I still see a new one that uh, that I'd never seen before. You see the
1: one with Porky Pig and Daffy Duck where he's got he he sells them the House of the Future. It's got all the all the electronic. Computerized devices and stuff. And then at the end, there's like this one button. Uh, and he's like, uh, oh, that, oh, yeah, he's like, Whatever you do, don't press this button. So he presses it and it, like shoots the house, like, I don't know, like 500 feet in the air on this pole. And then uh, he flies up with a helicopter and he's like, For another $100, I'll give you this this other button to get you down.
0: I, I remember that. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, and there, uh, then, then there was a button that uh, would bring. Um, he was like, wow, we don't need stairs anymore. We'll bring the top floor down to the first floor. And 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 he presses the button here. And then, uh, uh, me, (laughs) of course, Porky Pig says, uh, well, uh, is it Porky or Elmer? I can't remember. I think it's Porky. He's like, so what happens to the ground floor? Oh, good question. And he raises it back up and everything's smashed and destroyed. So... (laughs) Ah uh, yes, good old, you know. Good old, violence uh, for
0: violence sake, baby.
1: Violence and cartoons.
0: So did you see the link I made, sh- made did you see the link I shared?
1: Today. Yeah, but I didn't want to Smell-a-vision replaces television. Sound, sound through, so. I'll watch it yes, later, please. Watch it when you get home. I am home. Whatever.
0: So so. so, as, as ever, anybody who's a regular listener of the show knows, we've done, you know, we do Avengers Spotlight, and we've done a couple of Focus miniseries. Uh, we did the Defenders one. I'm trying to remember what else we did. I can't even think.
1: The Order. The, yeah, The yeah, Order. We did the Defenders. The order.
0: Uh, and order up. we were talking about possibly doing a DC one, and one of the suggestions we got was Superman Doomsday Hunter Prey which came out in 1994, and we thought, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Well, Bill and I thought, ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Scott thought, what's there to eat around here? <laughs> and uh, so we, we decided today today we're going to do issue one of that series, and it is written by Dan Jurgens, the what I understand the layouts are by Dan Juergens. The inking is Brett Breeding, colored by Gregory Wright, lettered by Bill Oakley, and the cover is by Dan Juergens, which kind of shows.
2: Is that Annie's brother?
0: I I think so. I, or or
1: no, that was the name of a guy that I knew in boot camp camp. Uh, his name was Oakley. Annie he Oakley. Stutter. <laughs> no, Oakley. I don't remember his first name. We called called each other by that was his first name. Place. It was so, but but he had a stutter, which I can do easily because I stutter. And the company commander goes, "Well, well, you, you recruit, what's your name?" He's like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, 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 oh
0: uh, nothing quite like being just nasty and.
1: Brett Breeding wasn't she on uh, Match
0: Game? She was married to Jack oh, Klugman.
1: Sorry. sorry, never mind. Wrong <laughs> Brett.
0: So now, did you guys read this when it was coming out? Yes, yes, I did too. I was actually very excited about it when it came out because when I like something, just give me a sequel. I'm good. You know, that's it's all it takes. And to see Doomsday coming back, I, I was pretty much on board with it. Uh, you know, he was presented as kind of just a mindless demolition machine. And I'm kind of glad that they expanded on that and kind of made it a little bit more than that. But, uh, you know, there always is that risk that if you... Explain away too much, you take away some of the magic. It didn't do that for me, but I'm wondering if it did for either of you.
2: Absolutely. Um, while I was, while I bought it, right, you know, as it came out, I bought it right off the stands and everything. Or, you know, at that time, I'm sure I had a pull box and everything. And I, I was, I was excited about the project and everything at the same rate. Uh, I think this is a really good example of something I never needed, if you know what I mean. Because I was, I was never crazy about the fact that uh, of how Superman died. I didn't like the fact that initially, as the story you know happened, the death of Superman. I, I was always bothered by the fact of that the. The engine of his destruction was this completely unknown. I always felt a little cheated by that. I always felt like it should be someone that we knew. It should probably be Lex Luthor, but if not Luthor, then at least some some known element, you know, some some threat that we already knew existed. But over time, it, you know, with the different interviews and and just the hoopla surrounding the death of Superman, I, I came to kind of sort of buy the reasoning that the creators gave for for doomsday being the the method by which superman was was killed and the, this idea that they wanted it to kind of be a blank slate they wanted it to be something that just kind of pops in out of nowhere and is powerful <clears throat> excuse me powerful enough to stand toe to toe with superman and take him out but i also like that they said that you know you'll notice in the original story that not only does doomsday kill superman but they basically they kill each other so super, so doomsday was for all intents and purposes he was dead and then he his corpse gets thrown into space by i think the cyborg if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. yeah and so at that point part of what sold me on this idea was um that not only did he kind of come from nowhere, we, we didn't, he was an unknown element. We'd never seen him before. We didn't know anything about him, but that he was a complete enigma. He he comes in, he fights Superman, he kills Superman. He himself is killed and then he's thrown out into space. And, and that's the end of him. So I, I kind of came around to the character in that respect. But part of that was this sense of, and I think they came right out and said it, although I could be wrong but just this sense that okay I'll buy that with the caveat that you you're, you're going to leave it there you're you're you know he's off the table now he came in he did what he needed to do and now he's gone again just as if he almost as if he never existed and then with this series when they announced this it was kind of that oh god really and while I liked elements of this story my my two biggest problems with this was that it kind of opens it it opened the bottle for the genie that they they've never been able to put the genie back in because once you bring doomsday back once what's going to stop you from bringing him back ad nauseum which they have done um the other thing too is that rather than leave him in you know kind of like that that boba fett coolness thing where you don't really know shit about him and it kind of gives him a mystique that makes him cool Um, in this series they also explain his origin and spoiler his origin sucks so those two factors really took this character down a lot so in a lot of ways i kind of look at doomsday now the same way i look at like say venom where i kind of sort of dug him when he came out but now i'm i i really got nothing for the character at all because I, i feel like they they just brought him back and just kind of ran him into the ground where he was never he was never intended to be anything more really than a MacGuffin. So I, I don't know that that's always been kind of my take on it. Anyway. All right, well you and
0: you and I are gonna butt heads a little bit on this I think because while while okay. I don't disagree with you that bringing him da- back and bringing him back ad nauseum dilutes the character. I, I can't argue with that for a second because i just think it's reality but i think when you when you have you know when you have to keep pumping out comics month after month i think it's inevitable that you're going to bring back everything sooner or later uh and i kind of i kind of dug the origin story i I just kind of i kind of dug the aspect of it that he just gets harder to beat every time he comes back
1: yeah i i um i mean we'll get that reveal in the second issue the origin When I first read that, I was like, ooh, that's – oh, okay. I had no problem with that. Now, the way they've used – I'm not up on my DC maybe as much as you guys are. I'm not. I know I've seen seen Doomsday like a lot like over the past like say five, six years. I remember seeing – I don't know, wasn't there even like multiple doomsday's? Uh, I I was like, "What? What?" Yeah, I think I will agree that I think he's probably been overused now and and it was nice when he came in, he was an unknown. But I still had no problem with the origin, by uh, the way, it, it was explained here. But so, it, you know, hey, you know, we each
0: differ. We differ with like, with the same in how we differ. <laughs> yes. So, the first issue, uh, as I mentioned, it's got a a Cover uh, showing Superman kind of flying towards the reader, looking ready to pummel him uh, with, you know, flame, a flaming background. Uh, a flaming ring of fire you know, down, down, down. Superman Doomsday, Hunter Slash Prey, Book One, Jurgens' Breeding. Uh, I got to say right and off the bat. And this was
1: like a prestige. This was like a really nice oh, book, yeah. book, Oh, yeah. Oh, this
0: was definitely a high quality. Yeah. And I, I don't remember what the cover price on it was, but it was not cheap. Um. I could probably look up the cover price. But anyway, uh, I don't like the anatomy on Superman. I don't like his, the way his legs are laid out. Uh, he's got one leg. He's got a huge thigh. Well, his, his his right leg is kind of going straight behind him. And I guess in an effort for prestige, for prestige, for perspective, uh, you know, it, it's getting smaller as you get away. The left leg is kind of cocked forward uh, and his thigh is huge. Actually, both thighs look huge. Uh, <laughs> the, the he's le- got muscles that aren't even actual it, muscles, muscles. or cellulite? I'm not sure. It's too much cottage cheese. Lay like off the Kryptonian cottage cheese, would you? So I, I, I'm not crazy about the the anatomy of Superman, but otherwise, I like this cover. What about the mullet? Uh, not that visible on the cover. It's not that mullety. It's just it, like it just looks like hair. he's got just kind of. Slightly longer hair on the cover, and Mike Mike Bailey will take issue with calling it a mullet anyway. Uh, sorry. I, I, you know, the, I'm not sorry. Well, I, I mean, I guess is the mullet is in the eye of the beholder, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess you know Mike is more of a traditionalist mullet person, where the top needs to be particularly short in comparison to the back.
1: True. Yes. Yeah, he does not have a Billy Ray Cyrus look.
0: So the story—I uh, already gave the uh, the team on it. Uh, it was released April 1994. It does not say the co- I'm not. I got the DC Wiki page open. It doesn't have the cover price on that, and I'm not going to look in the book for it right now. I
2: think this is 4.95, if I'm not mistaken. Hang on, I'll tell you. I want to say that's what it was. That sounds it was about stuck right out in my
0: head. 4.95. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever spend that for a new book nowadays, but back then I did. Sure, you would. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I spent back then. Uh, yeah. If they get, if this book had come out now, even if I was excited about it, I don't think I'd spend four ninety five for it. Anyway, the synopsis from the DC Wikipedia database is as follows: Superman dreams of a childhood in which he was scared of the unknown, things in the dark that he could not explain. His mother was there in the dream to comfort him. When he tries to face his fear. Doomsday appears in his dream, and he's battling for his life. In his fight, he feels like a little child, scared and vulnerable. He awakens from his dream, pondering its meaning. He wonders about what happened to Doomsday's body, and how the cyborg might have been involved. Meanwhile, on a space freighter bound for Apocalypse, the crew notes an asteroid floating free in deep space. Captain Slavin, always on the lookout for a new way to turn a profit on Apocalypse, orders the asteroid scanned and brought on board. The scan reveals no organic life forms, and the tractor beam brings the asteroid in. Crew on the ship are shocked to discover Doomsday tied to the rock. They attempt to reverse the tractor beam and and remove him from the ship, but it's too late. Doomsday awakens. He makes quick work of those on board. Superman muses on the dreams. He tells Lois that he feels Doomsday must somehow be involved, and he feels drawn to find Doomsday's body. Lois protests, reminding Clark of how hard it was for her when she thought him dead. She doesn't understand why he would want to leave to chase down something that should not even be possible. Superman kisses her and tells her that it is something he must do. The freighter lands on Apocalypse, apparently on autopilot. The hold opens, and Doomsday bursts out, wreaking havoc on all those around the area. Desad tells Darkseid that his army is being defeated and asks for directions.
1: Go west, young man.
0: From Doomsday's shoulder, a minuscule cyborg Superman orders his pawn into battle. He notes that the armor of the Apocalyptan fighters is excellent, and he transfers his intelligence to a suit of exo-armor. He feels that Doomsday can now be his tool to soften up Apocalypse, and then he will take over, making Apocalypse into a new war world. With his new armor, he joins the fight. Decide comes back to Darkseid, reporting the appearance of another powerful player in the chaos, and asks for permission to appeal for help from L-E-G-I-O-N or the Darkstars. Darkseid rejects these ideas out of hand. Superman, looking for information on where Doomsday's body might have gone, decides to ask the Linear Man and flies to the house of young Matt Ryder. Adult Matt Ryder and Wave Rider, members of the Linear Man, appear and tell Superman that they, know, that they knew he would come at this place in time. They refuse to tell him anything outright to Superman's great frustrations, but drop a clue about a coming apocalypse. Superman accuses wink, them of, wink, wink. of not thinking of the big picture and snidely orders Matt's father to make sure he teaches young Matt to do what's right while he still has time. Back on Apocalypse, Darkseid decides to attack Doomsday personally unleashing his Omega Beams, but to no avail. Doomsday laughs them off, and after a fierce battle, even a bleeding dark side acknowledges that Doomsday is beyond death, as the legends say. Superman flies to the JLA to get some tracking information on Doomsday's asteroid. Maxima, at first annoyed that he has refused to join the JLA, decides that she likes his true warrior spirit, and when she realizes he is asking about Doomsday... (laughs) likes his true warrior spirit when she realizes that he's asking about Doomsday. As she is about to help him, suddenly Desaad's face appears on the screen, asking for help. With that new knowledge, Superman realizes the Apocalypse clue from Matt Ryder was in reference to Apocalypse, the planet. He travels to the planet with one of JLA's mother boxes to find it in chaos and fire. Superman encounters the cyborg and accuses him of working with Darkseid. Henshaw, however, reveals his plan and shows Doomsday. Superman is momentarily overwhelmed by memories of his own death, while Cyborg cackles that Superman is to be his own kill. Desaad, unobserved, opens a boom tube, sucking Doomsday into its maw. Superman speeds after him, trying to enter the boom tube too, but fails to reach it in time. Superman is dejected and wonders to himself if, if perhaps some part of him did not want to reach to his day in time. And that's the end of part one. So, really, this is kind of a prelude to the battle to come. And it's setting it up, and it's setting it up in true Worldwide Wrestling Federation fashion, where you have the bad guy defeat somebody who you are shocked that he's able to beat and then uh, set it up where you think your hero doesn't have a chance to beat him. Uh, I have to say right off the bat, I was stunned that they used Darkseid as that, you know, bait. Because, frankly, I mean, we'll get to it as we go through this book, but Doomsday defeats him just a little too easily. And Superman stood toe-to-toe with Doomsday to the point where, you know, ultimately they both... Killed each other. <laughs> Darkseid goes down like a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was you know he was having a bad day.
0: That said, you, you know that that day. one story point, I kind of like. Just the the ramping up of tension as the issue goes along, the fact that Superman has some form of Kryptonian PTSD over having been killed and re- resurrected. You know, that he's, I, I think you know, you know they always talk about uh, oh yeah you can't write Superman he's too powerful but to show him to have these you know internal doubts and weaknesses, you know it, it's it's creative and I think it's well done. Uh, you know I think it's well written in that, that regard because you fear for him and you understand his fears and they make sense and I really like that. Any any initial thoughts from you guys before we go through the book?
2: No, I, I agree with what you say with that. Um, one of the things that has long irritated me with Superman detractors is those that describe him as, as too powerful, but more importantly, the ones that describe him as, as boring, that he's hard to write for because not only is he mega powerful and you know he can do anything, but that, oh, he's just boring. He's just white bread. And I think that this era of Superman, and and this story in particular, is a really good example of you just need somebody you know, you need the right writer you need the right writers that that really are passionate about the character and really care about him to flush him out and here we get a Superman that has doubts and more importantly that we see a Superman for you know, off the top of my head, uh, the first time that legitimately he's frightened and that's kind of a new concept for for superman you know seeing a superman that he's actually afraid of the threat that he's going up against but the thing that makes him superman is even though you know in that great page um page 44 where he's having all the reactions. To seeing doomsday again alive and it, it says you know emotions flooding through me horror terror madness memories of the pain of death even with all that what does he do he rushes into battle because he, he's superman and i think that that really speaks volumes to this character is that he's scared and he has promised Lois that that he'll return, you know, that that he won't be defeated again or killed again. And he has doubts about that. But at the end of the day, he does what Superman does. He still charges into the battle regardless of, you know, the high personal cost that, you know, that there might be that he might he may die again. And that's one of the elements that ultimately despite some serious quibbles with this story still makes me kind of, kind of dig it because that's to me, that's quintessential Superman, especially from this era of Superman. And, you know, I, I might have my issues with this story overall, but I do like the way he's portrayed. It's just kind of the story. I, I find, I, I just got to be honest. I, frankly, I find it just terribly commercial um, I think it's a, I think it's a good example of okay. We, we know we're onto something with this, so let's milk it. And it it really feels that way to me. But thank God it's not just
0: that. Well, you you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm mean, gonna just it, touch a... base on that a little bit, Scott. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But see see, oh, this right. came out an era where we were getting the Clone Saga, and they said, okay, you know, let's let's do it and let's do it over. 200 issues in a six-month period. Uh, Right. They made a three-issue prestige series. Is is it milking it? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I I don't even like the term milking it, but I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with your term that it's commercial, that somebody... Probably said whether it was Dan Jurgens well, pitching, but whether it was Dan Jurgens right. pitching it, or whether it was somebody from corporate saying, "Hey, we need this." Somewhere along the line, somebody says, "Hey, people really dug that story, and if we go back to that well, we're going to have a hit here." You know, right. and that's that's probably the basis for them deciding to write it in the first place. That said, I thought when he wrote it, I thought he wrote a good story. I liked what we got here. And I don't re- really remember, I'll be totally honest, I read this when it came out, I liked it when it came out, uh, I haven't reread it since, except for this first issue. I haven't read issues two and three again, and maybe revisiting them, whatever it is, 24 years after they came out, uh, 25 years, uh, maybe I'm going to say, yeah, it's not what I thought it was. But reading the first issue, it is what I thought it was so far. Right. So, commercial, yes. Bad? I don't think so. On a
1: slight tangent, I was looking some stuff up on Dan Jurgens. As we record this today, it's Dan Jurgens' birthday, June twenty yep. seventh, the day after my birthday. And he is, uh, his he was born in nineteen fifty nine. I was born in nineteen sixty nine, so he is fifty nine today. Happy birthday, Mister Jurgens!
2: Yay!
0: Happy birthday,
1: Danny boy! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had been writing. Um, <clears throat> I mean it's – I guess it's fitting that he follows up with this because he was the one that was writing um, the Superman books during the death of Superman. So
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder if he you – know, One of. You know, but I'm, I'm wondering if he even said, you know, we didn't drag that out as much as we could have. I would have liked to have explored the character. We didn't. Uh, you know, give me an opportunity to do it or – like I said did it come from up above where they said hey we need you to write something and he his response was well if you're going to do it then I want to do it cuz it's my character I don't know mm. I'm not sure how how it all came about I've never heard Dan Jurgen's you know talk about it but uh I would be interested in knowing you know who uh you know who pitched this and how how did it come about but right. anyway I I got to think Either way, the, the corporate suits must have said, yeah, and we got to make it a 4.95 book with a prestige cover, high-quality printing, and all stuff like that there. So, uh, Bill, you want to start bringing us through it? Me? Yeah, you're good at bringing it through.
1: I was looking stuff up. I was going to have
0: espresso. I, you stole my line. All right, I'll start bringing this through because you suck. No. I hate you. So I hate you. A, I hate young, you. young? Okay. What's the significance of the number seven? I was just wondering that myself. I don't know. Hmm. So we
1: have a young... Uh, oh, you think he's seven years old?
0: That may be the message they're trying to give you.
1: Although it does... It is kind of... If you think about it, he's got... He's wearing a red and blue shirt with a yellow seven on it, and you could kind of turn that if you flip it and twist it, it would look like an S. <laughs> yeah, have to flip it and so twist it a lot. <laughs> but but still, I mean I wonder if that's kind of like the, the parallel that, that they're going I think they're trying so to give you the look
0: close. in the colors. I definitely think they're trying to Right. You know, give give you a right. precursor to his eventual the, look.
1: Yeah, because he's got red sneakers on which would match the red boots and Galvin is in here to eat.
0: <laughs> as long as so, he's not there but to eat we'll you. Keep going.
1: Oh yeah, hope hope not.
0: Now if he had so if he had a, a pair of red underpants on over his jeans, that would be funny. <laughs> Kids would
1: probably make fun of him. That's okay, he'd kick their butt. So we've got a young young Clark Kent standing at the top of the stairway, looking down. Uh, I guess into like the uh, into the attic, which I know. I'm in the attic, the basement, which always used to scare me in houses that had had cellars and basements. Because you got to step the way down there sometimes to find out light and dark, and it's not fun. But he's looking down in the darkness, and um, he's like, basically, uh, he runs from the stairs back to his mom, and he feels kind of guilty because he's, you know, he he's afraid to go down there, and you know she gives him the reassuring hug. I don't know what model they're going for,
0: with Martha Kent. I like there. that she's younger. I yeah. I don't like you know Martha Kent being drawn as you know sixty five years old. Yeah, when he was a little boy, and you know, uh, I, what do you think? What do you think of the young Clark Kent model? Because to me, it looks very inconsistent. That very, very first shot, I think it looks like a young boy. Then, like by the third one, he, his face almost looks like a teenager's face. Uh, when he's hugging his mother, he looks like he's a hobbit. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it looks inconsistent to me.
1: A little bit, yeah, yeah, and then. Uh... And then he actually goes back down into the cellar, and that first shot there of where, you know, the one with the light bulb, that model doesn't look like the other model, you know, doesn't look like the other shots. It, it's a little bit odd.
0: And that's, you know, understanding it is very difficult, and you see it over and over again for these guys to draw kids and teenagers. For some reason, you know, it's it, they seem to have so much of an easier time drawing adults.
1: Mm. Yeah. So then, as he turns the light on, then he actually ages, because looks because we have a shot of him as a child. Then I guess that would be his teenage or early twenties, and then and mullet boy his current age. And then swoof, the hair springs forth. it looks like he's got like the Fabio look.
0: Yeah, so they he he should be on romance novels.
1: <laughs> so he turns and faces the thing in the dark, the monster, and we have an extreme close up. Of the killer, the killer. Oh, sorry, that's. Uh, You're thinking Crusher. That was, yeah, I know, but still. So, and uh, what the heck is uh, Doomsday been eating? What is that yellow thing on his? You know, I mean, he's got some major tooth decay. The cavity creeps have been hanging out in his mouth. I don't know what's going on there. Holes, holes in teeth, and now he's back to when he was fighting Doomsday back in Metropolis.
0: Now, Give it now go. they show it, you know, in the flashback, he's got the long hair. He didn't have the long hair in that fight. That was after he was resurrected yeah. that he had the long hair. But you got to remember,
1: he is... This is a dream, so he could be just seeing himself as he is
0: now. So it's, it's kind of him reliving it as a nightmare as opposed to
1: a flashback. Reliving it. Uh, yes. Okay,
0: yeah. I'll accept that.
1: That'll be the no prize.
0: you still with us, Although Scott. he's seeing... Yeah, okay, I'm here. just exceedingly he's quiet.
1: Yeah, he's just being, hes just saving up all his, uh, all his, his uh, venom, his goodies. Yeah, no, I wasn't gonna say that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Superman gets a ear piercing from uh, from Doomsday, the hard way.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, right well he he Mike Tyson's him.
1: him. Ooh, <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. He he also uh, he sees the Justice League has been wiped out. And yeah, he's still, although you can't really tell he's got the long hair there. But after Doomsday ch- chucks him to the ground, then we have, he's being, uh, he's reverted back to a child in his, in his super suit. And I guess that's Punk Doomsday, Doomsday coming up behind him. He's got- Annie Lennox Doomsday. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on, why they made the, 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 the color choice of making his hair purple. You know, it was a little, you know, but hey, I'll let it go. It's a dream. It's a dream. So uh, he's got the fist careening towards him, which kind of looks like the Hulk fist. And boof, he's awake. Now that,
0: that, he's awake. I, you know, I mean, obviously, I've never had this particular nightmare, but it seems like you know a really terrifying nightmare that you know you you you're having this originally a nightmare where you know you're a full sized man and you're still getting beaten by him, but you're trying to build up the reserves to. You know, to to put up a final, you know, last ditch effort, and then you don't even you're not even a full grown man anymore. Uh, so you know, you're, yeah. you're just a helpless child against this thing with the fist coming careening towards you. That seems like see now, like the, like the stuff nightmares are made of.
1: See now, if I was writing this, I would have had him wake up go to the window, and then I would have had Doomsday attack him again. And he, then he woke up.
0: From- and then Freddy Krueger would come. So, yeah, he wakes up and Doomsday doesn't come, and we have a little internal monologue about the fears and what's going on and what they mean. And he's got the uh, the man of steel, hairy chest.
1: And then we get the exposition uh, that we had in the synopsis about the cyborg took Doomsday's Doomsday's body from Cadmist and toss it in space. Before, before five, we get into we...
0: that, the scene when he wakes up and he's standing there, uh, I, f- I feel like he's he's too bulky, as drawn.
1: Just overall
0: in all the, in the shots. In the in the, the close much? up. In the in the shot where oh, he's stretch the shot where he's stretching, he looks about right proportion wise to me. I don't feel like Superman should look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He shouldn't look like he's, uh, you know, a, a guy who's pumping iron and doing steroids, because because in his daytime, in the daytime, he's supposed to be mild-mannered Clark Kent. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he shouldn't look quite that large, and, and his strength doesn't come from having huge muscles. Otherwise, he'd have to be just, you know, without how strong he is, he'd have to be, like, the size of a building. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I feel there should be just a little bit more in, you know, like, he should look powerful, but he shouldn't look huge. Mm-hmm. Well, I almost had to do a...
1: I did like a double take when I got to the one where he's looking out the window.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, is he wearing pants? <laughs> and I had to look back to the previous. Oh, okay, he is he wearing, is wearing pants, some, some, some kind we of sleep
0: Superman. pants or boxers I, I, or something. I thought
1: we got a Superman butt shot there or something. I was like, what the?
0: Yeah, oh, he's okay. just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really care for that shot. Like I said, I just think he looks too pumped. And I don't like the very, very thick line work on it. I'm good with him having a six pack. Like that, I don't have a problem with. But he shouldn't... He should have a keg. But he shouldn't be so, you know, barrel-chested like that.
1: Well, wouldn't that go back to the... Um, uh, who was,
0: was... it? Wayne Boring? Not Swan, but... Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, saying. but he, he drew him barrel-chested, but he didn't draw him bodybuilder barrel-chested. He drew him just like a... Different Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was that was different. That was just... You know, he was just a big man. He wasn't...
2: A uh, few... If you go back to Man of Steel number one, Burns Man of Steel number one, where he's putting on the super shirt for the first time, is my
0: super suit. <laughs> I, I
2: think it's. I think it's very clearly this. This Superman. Um. I I like everything about that shot. You're talking about the close up shot and and the you know in the last panel except his face. I think it's his face looks off somehow. He, he reminds me of somebody I can't quite I, I can't quite tell you who, but um, the faces in this particular issue, I don't know if this carries on to the ser- second and third issues, but in this particular issue, I, I often find his face to be off-model, but the body style here, um, keeping in mind that at least for a time, I really feel like Jurgens was trying to to stick with it, feeling like a natural outgrowth of what Byrne had set up with Man of Steel and, and with the you know the first few years of Byrne on Superman. Um, I think this is pretty faithful to that. So yeah, he is very large, but. I think it's proportionately so. He he's not like freakish, like a like a bodybuilder or anything like that, or, or looking like he's roided out. He just he, he looks powerful. like like he, the like he, the character I, Prime from the Joker
0: version, you know? Prime is, yeah, Prime is like huge. That, yeah. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because I I I'm, I know the shot you're talking about in Man of Steel, and you're talking about the Man of Steel miniseries that Byrne did. Uh, Correct. Yeah, he looks big in that, but he also looks like if he put on a shirt. You know, he would just look like a really well-conditioned guy. He he wouldn't look, you know, like like I said, I'm looking at this one and I'm thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's it's just too far gone for me. And maybe it's the maybe it's the deep dark lines on it that are just making it emphasize too much for me. That maybe maybe or or even actually no, because I'm looking at like the pecs under you know under his arms and stuff. Uh, it's it's just too big. It, <laughs> his his, his it, you know, his chest is so, so, so much bigger than his waist. It's crazy. I, I don't know. It's, it, to me, it almost brings to mind the uh, the Rob Liefeld Captain America horrible thing. It's not as bad as that by any stretch of the imagination, but that's what it's got me thinking of. So next
1: we cut to outer space, and... Does that ship vaguely, like, if you kind of squint, doesn't it look like uh, Serenity from uh, Firefly? Well, just a, a tad, tad. Like, maybe with a big cargo container on on the bottom of it. I mean, just a little, not a lot.
0: Yeah, I would say a little. I'm okay with that. And then,
1: and then it's piloted by I don't know a bunch of Lex Luthor clones.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some
1: kind of like. what's Everybody bald on this ship? It's and,
0: and the the one sitting there is kind of like the original Lex Luthor where he was pudgy. The one from me
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we have the
2: younger Lex Luthor,
1: who's yeah. So yeah, um, basically they're they're on their way to apocalypse and they come across like a stray asteroid. And, ah, let's bring it on board. Yeah, what could what could possibly go wrong? So they pull it into the hole. and the the schmuckatelli's running. The stuff on the hold, spinning around, and holy crap, what is this? Uh, now, they're like, I don't think they realize it's doomsday. They're just like, they're kind of pulling the dick move, because they're like, you know what? We don't know what this is. It looks like a humanoid. Let's just chuck it back into space, because we don't know what's going on. Yeah, I here. don't think they do, because oh he, even,
0: he even says, that thing gives me the creeps. Like, he doesn't know
1: what it is. Yeah, yeah, and, and all of a sudden, Rrr. Doomsday makes a noise. Oh no, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! So, oh. so they try to shoot it back into space, and Doomsday grabs a hold of the side of the ship. Um, and they decide to to blow the atmosphere. It'll push it away. Away. He breaks the uh, the the bonds that were holding him, and it one of the bonds kind of whips out and cuts one of the guys in half with a big whip. whip Orange whip, orange whip, orange whip. Three orange whips. So, Doomsday uh, breaks loose, and uh, the other guy that's still left in the cargo hold is, No, no, please, not me, not me! Calgon, take me away! And we cut back to the Earth. Well, before we go back to the Earth, uh, any observations? or? I, I like that shot where he's uh, strapped to the asteroid. Pretty like in you know some type of uh, kinky bondage thing there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it almost looks like a very sloppy job of tying him up. You get, you get whatever these bonds are—that's some sort of metal. Uh, but it's like going across his forehead, <laughs> the middle of his face. You know, it, it's just like you know, quick wrap him up as fast as you can.
1: There's no consistency. It's like you know, three or four on one leg, a couple on an arm. Let's put two across his head. You know,
0: but I yeah. guess that's intentional because this is all the cyborgs doing, right?
1: Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I can't picture the exact scenes of what he did when he chucked him into space. So I don't know what the limitations. were. Yeah, I
0: don't him. have a specific memory of that particular issue, but uh, yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's pretty cool, sad. and it's it's it almost has that alien feel about it, like the you know the creature on the ship.
1: Yeah, I had forgot that this was this. When I read this tonight and saw the guy get cut in half with a cable, I was like, "Ooh,
0: ooh!"
1: I didn't remember that being this graphic. Realistically,
0: I think if 20. you're cut in half with a cable, you're probably not even getting out the "I" that this guy is. You're probably wordlessly going away. Ah, I don't know. I think I'd scream. I don't know. If, I don't know if you. I don't know if you'd be able and then to. Die. Let's let's Scott. Can you? If you live closer, could you go cut and pill in half and let me know if he screams? Scott? Scott? They hey, deleted. I'm sorry.
2: I got called away to uh, kill spiders. <laughs> did you cut him in half with a cable? <laughs> yeah, no. Smashes her ass with a sneaker. That's what I did.
0: Yeah, I never understood why other I, people can't just we do that what are talking about? We're, we're in the right. scene when Doomsday. Uh, Breaks off the asteroid and kills these guys. <laughs> and I opined that if if I sliced you in half with a uh, with a metal pole, a cable. cable, whatever it is, <laughs> that you wouldn't even be able to yell out "Ie." <laughs> you would just be dead and it's done.
2: Uh, I, I'd imagine you'd yell something. <laughs> I'm thinking
0: you're not. Get, I, right? I'm thinking Fuck. you're not getting anything out of your it's mouth.
2: Like... <laughs> ah, shit.
0: Oh, D- just about a flesh wound. I
2: don't know. Hopefully I, I never guess, find this out. Well, I, was I, saying, I guess I don't need pants anymore. Bill thought he
0: could, so I thought maybe you could just kind of take a run over there and cut him in half and see what he does. <laughs> I think we'd definitely make a noise. I'm saying you wouldn't. I think Scott, has, Scott has to break the tie. <laughs> yeah, cut Scott, why don't you cut yourself in half
1: and tell us what happens.
0: <laughs> when I come down to Florida next month, I'm going to bring a big cable with me. Good, yeah.
2: All right, now see the your your complaint about that picture back there where the bare chested Superman. Mm-hmm. I think everything you said about that picture applies to the one on which one two page just from the you? cut in half picture. What? Where he's oh you mean where Superman? Yeah, where he's he's talking to Lois and she said oh, Clark well, it's three in the morning what is wrong oh yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah we hadn't
0: quite gotten up to that let me just turn to it.
2: Well,
1: we can move to that. I'll uh, look, so I, after we cut from space, we cut back to the Earth, and uh, yeah, but you're, you're passing um, over
0: how sexy Lois looks, even though she doesn't look li- I, I, even I though she doesn't look like I Lois.
1: I was going to uh, say that this is the Superman peeping Tom from Superman Returns comes down, <laughs> peeks in on Lois in her her rather interesting negligee. Yeah. Or well, cookies. she's
0: got the uh, you know the short the, the, the sleep outfit with the shorts and the uh, tank top. With the, with the, with is the that spaghetti camisole, straps, I think. I, or wait, or is it camisole two piece I, or I one? don't know. I not don't know.
1: I'm not up on my lingerie terms.
0: But yeah, I agree with you. I think he's he's, he's too barrel chested again. It's consistent with the yeah, other one, and I don't like his face in that one. that one? That one almost looks like uh, he looks like the tick. <laughs> he's 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 posing as he comes in, making spoon, making a uh, spoon with me, Lois. Oh, he's flexing sorry. his bicep in his left arm and just kind of with his head tilted back, like look how big I am. <laughs> I don't like that shot at all. But Lois still looks sexy. She's sexy and But she that doesn't you. look like Lois's face to me at all. No. Yeah, is that really? I thought her hair color was a little darker. Yes, too. I always thought Lois had black hair, not not uh, auburn. Mm.
1: Well, she she could
0: dye her hair. She could. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think as written, it's pretty good, but as drawn, I have some issues with it as well. I, I I'm, I'm assuming you have issues just beyond that shot, Scott. Uh, I, yeah, I mean the whole Superman pose is terrible. Which I think I think we got to put that on on Jergens. I don't even think we can put that on Brett reading because you know that's that's the layout by Jergens.
1: You know who he looks like? He looks like in uh, the episode of SpongeBob to where uh, Patrick and uh, or, or no, when uh, SpongeBob gets made like the royal uh, like King Neptune, whatever or whatever, and he's like make poses. <laughs> with me and they're all bluff shall so we cut back to space <laughs> I, I, I
0: kind of love this scene <laughs> yeah well we cut back to apocalypse
1: well yeah that's that's right they're now back back uh, they're on apocalypse a freighter came in on its own autopilot and the uh, nondescript uh, guards with burly mustache well he, he looks like the guy from
0: uh, parks and rec I forget what his name is the guy with the mustache <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going in. And then you just. I mean, it almost looks like at a, at a Mad Magazine when you see his, his head fly by. Ugh. <laughs> and with again, blood he trails.
1: says, I.E. Yeah, another I.E. <laughs> again, Aie Aie rip Aie 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 I rip your head off. Go. I don't know if you're going to go, I.E. I rip your head off and throw it off the ship. yo. I cut you in half with a cable like a whip. yo. Here ahead, there ahead, everywhere torso, torso, torso. Here there
0: torso. I think it's pretty cool though, because basically, uh, you know, there's this. I guess it's three guys that stay down while the one guy with the mustache goes in, and they're kind of laughing at him. They're like, ah, oh, listen to the baby scream. <laughs> Must be a grizzly because they think that they think he's going onto this freighter and just finding dead bodies, and he's screaming because he's grossed out by it. And then, and then, then you see their faces as as his his severed head comes <laughs> flying by. Uh, who does the guy, the, the main guy who's talking in that scene, who does, does he look like somebody to you?
1: I wanted to say, I mean, with the big bushy eye, white eyebrows, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to say mentor.
0: Okay. Um, I could see that. That's not who I was thinking of. I I don't know who um, I'm
1: thinking of, but that's, that's not a bad one. Or also the guy that drove around with, uh, Shazam in the TV show. Both mentors it wasn't his exactly. Mentors squared. Could it be a Jack Kirby nod?
0: Could on could a be.
2: Which guy are you talking about? Uh,
0: when they, when they're talking and the head comes flying by, the the guy who's most prominently shown. The, the guy above it almost looks like uh, Captain Laura. Right. Uh, <laughs> And Doomsday comes bursting out immediately afterwards and does the other guys in.
1: Down those Fraser. Those
0: those suits are almost reminiscent to me of the, uh, of of the suits that. Uh,
1: Star Trek the motion. Picture no, I'm, th- I'm
0: thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Tholian suits. Right. Mm. Not quite the same, but that's what they remind me of. They look more like the security guards from Star Trek: The Motion Picture
1: to me. A little bit of that, yeah. yeah I could see cool that too. Ed geared.
0: So on. one guy on, on this double splash, one guy gets killed because one of the bony projections on Doomsday's shoulder goes through him.
1: Uh, yeah, Erk.
0: That's pretty brutal looking, and I mean they didn't, they weren't squeamish about putting blood on it, and even having blood trail off the, off the bone as it's going through. Mm. And then the other guy. I mean, you see the blood coming off the guy, that guy all the way to the right, but I'm not sure exactly what the mechanism just of got that is. With a
1: punch. You know, he just kind of like the claws ripped them on their way. And then we got guys on a view screen looking, seeing what's going on, and and they're mentioning that you know we must tell the Great Dark Side must be informed that the Armageddon creature is on Apocalypse. So they seem to already have some type of name for...
0: They know who he is,
1: I guess. Yeah. And oddly enough, on the next panel, on the next page, we have a cat. Hmm. Armageddon creature. A cat.
0: Hmm. I wonder. And now, Lo, now in these shots, Lois looks too young. And she's got some strange
1: uh, decor. Why do they have... She have like, a kabuki-looking... An, uh, an angry
0: kabuki-looking woman.
1: An angry kabuki woman on a... In a picture frame on a wall, it's like what is that?
0: He says, well,
2: "Well, look at the next page. It looks like they're in a Chinese restaurant or something. What the hell is that thing on the wall?"
0: It's fin, fing fang, foom.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. Is, is she sleeping in it in, in a in a restaurant? I don't remember her having this so much feng shui here.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. I don't like Superman's face. She's in the apartment, and there's a staircase showing in the one right. Isn't that a staircase? The one with it's the cat a
1: loft. Yeah, yeah. There's a staircase. That's where the cat's at. The,
0: the shot of Superman's face in the bottom middle. I, I don't know. It's just, it's a scary. Old man,
1: Superman. Yeah, and, Superman in the. Or mouth. even
0: Superman uh, that's kissing her in the last shot. It's cro Magnum Superman. Oga, oh, kiss me. No us. With with never. with with jealous Fing Fang Foom watching over his shoulder.
1: Yeah, he's got his little eye burning there, looking. You kissing my woman? I'll put some pants on and come out of this picture. <laughs> oh wait, that's a robe. No, that's his that's I his cape. No 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 no. The picture the dragon is on a robe. See it? It's, it's like a it, look it, it looks like it's a
0: framed robe. A
1: framed robe, yeah. What is this? <laughs> Maybe Mike Bailey knows. If you li- why is if you listen to this I, Mike I let Louis us is know. cold, why do, I dunno why Superman gives her his cape. I don't know. Because you know you don't tug on. I don't want to be a
0: misogynist, no. but I find that the women folk are always cold. It's no. like when you go to a wedding and and all the women sit there with the husband's jacket draped over their shoulders.
1: Yeah, and it's not really um, okay. Go back to the one that we complained about that he's too big looking and he's got the cape. Look how far that cape goes. That cape goes down almost to his feet. Now when that same cape is on her. Goes to the same place on her, but it should have.
0: But like, it has a lot more fun doing that cape,
1: it. If <laughs> if you put that cape on him, it's going to be way higher up. Oh yeah, she, than she it was should be, in a previous shot. She
0: should be tripping on
1: it. That should be touching the floor with that cape. Yeah, I, I know. Nitpick, nitpick. Wah, wah, no,
0: I, I that one shot that we're going back to that one of him coming in. I, the more I look at it, the more I hate it. Even the way the cape is coming up into points over his shoulders. Excuse me, over his shoulders, it almost looks like almost a, looks like Nighthawk's cape.
1: I was going to say he's got, like, a Spawn thing going on with his cape. Spawn always had, like, the living cape thing going on.
0: So then we cut back to Apocalypse again, where Dessad is discussing things with Darkseid, who doesn't appear to be particularly concerned about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's just... Okay, just uh, anybody listening. This just Scott in. shared the, sh- the photo of... Uh, Superman from the Man of Steel miniseries, yeah, see, that looks, I think that, that looks acceptable. Looks, that looks, I don't think that looks as large yeah. as the other shot. I, I'm, I'm in disagreement with you. I think that looks like a well-developed muscular guy as opposed to a, you know, steroided up bodybuilder guy. So I, I have a difference on that distinction. Or I have a problem with that distinction so while Darkseid isn't concerned we see Doomsday mopping up the floor with Apocalypse's troops elite guard right until Cyborg Superman returns hey, he
1: was on a little like piggyback thing on his back
0: like a, got like back. a little Jiminy Cricket
1: <laughs> kill them kill them all
0: I like the character model for Cyborg. I, I I don't know, the the kind of half Superman face with the really long hair but then the rest of the face being I don't know just almost looking like a Brainiac ship. Mm.
2: So I liked him that... when he was when he looked like like Superman. Yeah, when he looked like it could be Superman's corpse. Resurrected right. and and half robotic, I loved that look. Yes. this one here, I, I never cared. See, before. I like that
0: one better, but I didn't think they could keep going with that, just because it was too close to the the true heroic Superman, and I don't think they wanted to do that. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I still like the fact that they killed him off, resurrected him, and still kept that kind of partial Superman face going. Right, so I, I'm I'm still kind of cool with it. I think he looks creepy, and that's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm looking for from him, and I like that he's setting himself up. You know, Superman's first thought, which we didn't get to yet, is that he's, you know, being an ally of Darkseid, and <laughs> far from it. He's just looking to usurp Darkseid and turn, you know, turn whatever he can into a new war world. I like. To, I also like the way Dessard is drawn here because he's kind of creepy looking in a. In a, in a very different way.
1: I always thought, I don't know, maybe he did. Did he play him in the cartoon? Maybe that's why I'm thinking this. Who did it? Did Rene Auberjonois play Desaad voice? I'm not sure. At any time? I, But I could see him playing Desaad. Yeah,
0: I could I could as well. I could see him playing a live action Desaad.
1: Well, well yeah, that's what I meant. Who would we have as uh, Darkseid? Arnold.
0: Uh. Well, well, who was it that did – I can't even think of his name. Who was it that did the voice in the cartoon? Michael Ironside? Yeah. Younger Michael Ironside, but yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I could go with that. Now, uh, maybe you guys can clue me in as to uh, these time-traveling people at Superman. The the, the linear men. Maybe you can give me a little background on them because I don't really know.
1: Well, I mean, they were. Well, one thing I was going to point out is that the one character Wave Rider on the the show DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the name of the ship is called the Wave Rider that they use. That Captain Rip Hunter, uh, when he first got the Legends together, he uses that to travel. Was using that to travel through time. Um, and uh, I don't really know a lot about the Linear Men. I mean, except that they obviously are involved with time, (laughs) duh. Uh, Scott, you got anything
2: on the linear men? Yeah. I'm sorry, I was looking up the Rene Abreujoa thing. Um, He did play um, Dark Side on Justice League, but when when or excuse me, Dasad rather yeah. Okay. When Assad uh, was in the Father's Day episode of Superman the Animated Series, which uh, strangely I just watched a couple of nights ago, oh, okay. so uh, that was a right. different actor. That was Robert Morse, whoever the hell that is. Mm. Uh, but Rene Avergenois did uh, did do Assad. Uh, well, was it in like the
1: like the eighties or the nineties car- cartoon, like on ABC, like 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 the Super Friends, or was it on? Did you say it was, no, on it was the Animated
2: Series? Yeah, it was uh, it was the Justice League series.
1: Oh, that Justice League. Okay, yeah, all right. Before yeah. before
2: it went to being uh, Justice, Justice League, League Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was, uh, all right. So maybe that's where it was cool. Twilight Part One. I don't remember the episode, but that maybe was,
1: that's uh, what, it,
2: what it was. What it was? Po- why it was po- popping in my head then? Yeah, that was a good memory because I uh, I'll be honest, I thought you were wrong because I remember Renee Abergenois doing. He was the voice of like a. Like a prosecutor or something in in one episode. Oh yeah, against the Green, some,
0: Lantern. Like, Green Lantern. Green yes. Lantern
2: or something. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and he was also he was also the voice of Peter Parker in, uh, I, th- I think it was, uh, what do they call it? Something of rock and roll. Yeah, some sort of like it was a rock and roll record or something. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Huh. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have oh. to quickly look that up.
2: Wow. I wonder if that's one that I have. I'm sorry, what was the question regarding the, the linear men though? Because I kinda sorta remember that. Well that's what I what I'm
0: asking. <laughs> I
1: mean we were just saying that they're obviously involved in time and time travel. Right. And I was right. just pointing out they... that the character Wave Rider is actually the Wave Rider name is the name of the ship in DC's The Legends of Tomorrow, the ship they use to travel through time.
2: Oh, that's uh, cool. That is and, that's kinda cool.
1: And Rip Hunter was on the show for on and off through the three seasons so far. So right. and I believe he's one of the linear men, I think.
2: Um, I know he's a
1: time master,
2: or he was. What, what I can remember off the top of my head with the linear men was that um, Wave Rider eventually joined them, but I don't think he was one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they were – they were – Basically, like the self-appointed guardians of the time stream, or you know, the timelines, or some shit like that. And this this guy in the in the purple there is Matt Ryder, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Wave Rider is also Matt Ryder. I think. Yeah. Yes. Let, oh. let me just read this
1: quick this quick blurb. I just uh, again, this is off of the DC Wikipedia. It says, uh, "Linear Men." The Linear Men were a team of scientists based at the Vanishing Point, which right. uh, okay, who monitored and studied the time stream of the entire universe from its beginning to its end. They were formed when Matthew Ryder and Rip Hunter were working on an experiment that knocked them out of the time stream. One of its members went rogue and attempted to bring Booster Gold back to his own native time period in the 25th century, but was stopped by Superman, who inadvertently caused himself to be traveling out of control through the time stream. The rogue linear man then used his equipment to bring Superman to a point in the 30th century where the time stream would be so unstable that he could send Superman back to his own time period and promptly and promptly destroyed the moon in order to initiate the event, killing himself in the process. Okay, or any uh, a
2: match mass- right. That ended up having ramifications in in Legion of Superheroes when the moon was destroyed because yeah, that was this because I remember the linear men popping up. And I thought that their appearance led into something bigger. That's right, because they were the ones, I think, that were responsible for Superman getting basically dislodged from time. And then you remember the stories where Superman was bouncing, because remember, up to this point, he hadn't yet met a lot of the other characters of the, of the, D, of the new DC Universe after Crisis, so he goes bouncing through time, and, and that was the first time Superman met, like, the Justice Society. Um, and then he meets up with the Legion in their own time, and he fought somebody on the moon. Well, um, um, Dev M, maybe, and, and ended yeah, up sure. destroying the moon. And that had ramifications in Legion, because well, then in their title, they had to deal with the fact that now the moon was destroyed and it was going to cause the Earth to go all piss-wacky. And uh, so yeah, that was it was some good stuff, and you had Superman um that's where he met Mr. Z because he don't he'd already met Mr. Z in his own book, but Mr. Z came after him because he had a grudge against him, and Superman's like i've dude, I've never met you before, but what it turned out was that when Superman went bouncing through time, so then he ends up meeting Mr. Z and knowing who he is from mr z having come after him in the present but now he's meeting mr z when mr z doesn't know who he is because they've uh, never met before yeah. so it was it was really cool and that's also where that really cool superman versus the tank um jerry ordway poster came from was from that time when superman was bouncing around through time so it's hmm. really there was some really good stuff that came out of that and uh, i remember booster gold being part of the story but i i don't remember exactly what he did. And I think that was when booster was in a weird transitional phase where he was modeling different costumes for a while, because when he was in um, extreme justice, he had this really weird, like boxy looking costume and, and uh, yeah. So Jurgens even got in on it with, with playing around with, uh, with booster's costume for a while before he eventually went full circle and came back to, you know, his original costume again.
1: Well, the Linear Man first appeared in Adventures of Superman, Volume 1, 476, in Hmm. 1991, March of 1991. Uh, Just to finish up real quick, uh, the last paragraph or the last few sentences here says, A, Matthew Ryder from an alternate timeline ruled by the superpower despot Monarch, who became became the time-traveling Wave Rider. So I guess this would be Wave Rider is another... Alt Dutch, what you're saying is an alternate timeline, Matthew Ryder eventually joined a Linear Man in order to take the rogue Linear Man's place. So. Okay. And uh, to hit on
0: our other thread, I did confirm that Rene Arbenjoie did play Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider Man rock comic From Beyond the Grave, which is a record. And we've also confirmed that Scott owns it. I do. That's
2: the one that has "It's such a groove to be free." <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid song, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have, I have that. I've had it since I was a kid. Yeah, it's, it's beat the shit somewhere out in the garage. But yeah, I do have that. That's awesome. What's going down by a turntable just to play spider-man is. is I think this is the one where it starts where Superman, or yeah, Superman, Spider-Man, rather, is having a, a nightmare. Yeah. And he hears somebody calling to him in the nightmare going,
0: Spider-Man,
2: Spider-Man. I think that's the one. Yeah, I think it's but it. ultimately it's his
0: Uncle Ben know? or something. I don't know.
2: I think, um, yeah, I don't rem- I don't remember. And the cops are shooting at him, but the the sound of the guns is really pathetic. It sounds like somebody popping baggies or something. It doesn't really sound like a, it sound like a gun. I think that's the one. God, now I gotta listen to this thing. Well, you could
0: you could just play it on on YouTube because it is available on there. Just look up Spider Man from Beyond the Grave. Right. And it's it's available. It's 36 minutes long. I I, I punched it up while while we were having our discussion. Uh. So where do we go from here? So so, so
1: yeah. So Superman decides uh, he needs to find some answers, and he's going to go to the Linear Men, and he goes to the home of one of the future Linear Men, thinking that if he goes there, then and sh- and sh- sure enough, Matthew Ryder and Wave Rider. Oh, I just got that. Matthew Ryder, Wave Rider. So anyway,
0: Winona um, Rider.
1: Winona <laughs> Rider trucks. Um. Basically, he's like, "You need to tell me about Doomsday," and they're like, "No." I was like, "What?" And then at that point, um, the father of Matthew Ryder comes out, and Superman's like, "Yeah, you need to teach your kid to uh, to uh, do what's right while there's still time." Huh? What? Yeah, that was a real quick synopsis of those. Uh, there's a lot of exposition, but that's basically what you know. They're like, you know, you need to tell me what's going on. No, we can't. All right, well, screw you. <laughs> he flies away.
0: Yeah, the, the you know the one the one savings grace I guess in it is that uh I guess it's, is it Wave Rider does throw him the clue about Apocalypse. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty much useless. Shut them down. We cut back to uh to Apocalypse, and Dark Side Joint decides to join the battle. So he hits. I love the Omega Beams. I love that they can just change direction, you know, on on a, go 90 degrees.
1: I think the first comic book I ever saw the Omega Beams in, early on in my reading, and I didn't know a lot of DC, was the X-Men uh, Teen Titans crossover. If I remember correctly, is an Apocalypse in that? And yep. I think that's the first time I saw the Omega Beams, and I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> What? It turns goes around corners.
0: See my first thought was cool. <laughs> Man, I don't have it to. Goes look at
2: you to you. It goes up and downstairs and makes a slinkity sound too. Oh wait, no, that's something different.
0: <laughs> I like the shot Everyone knows the Omega beams. I I, I you <laughs> know I don't know if it makes sense from a logistic point of view, but I like the shot of Darkseid's face in total darkness with the beams coming out.
1: Mm-hmm. And just his teeth. And the like a pink outline of his head. It looks like the thing at a rave or something. Yeah, a
0: little bit. <laughs> oh, sorry. So he's 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 bit. obviously overconfident because he hits uh, Darkseid with the beams and then just kind of sh- <laughs> looks like he struts over to to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And
1: dance, dance, dance.
0: And uh, Dark uh, Darkseid Doomsday just comes bursting out and. Running towards no, him now. Now this, this I, I do have a logistic problem here though, because Darkseid's got his back to the rubble. He's walking away. The uh, Doomsday comes bursting out of the rubble, and Darkseid is looking at him and says, "Impossible." And then the next, well, he could be looking over his shoulder, like really, like what? In the time it takes him to burst out of the ground and run all the way over, Darkseid doesn't doesn't even Darkseid doesn't even was turn overconfident around
1: about, who is overconfident about everything.
0: No, I, I don't think he's overconfident I, about everything. I think he's confident about everything. <laughs> and uh, but I mean it's it's doomsday basically catches him totally unaware. He's laughing and he uses his bone claws to just wolverine Darkseid's back. Mm. Drawing blood in the process, then slams Darkseid to the ground, punches him, uh, you know, and just just takes him out like so easily. And I, I guess yeah. we have the, you know other than ha ha, we have the first word out of Doomsday, which is ba. So, he said,
1: no, "I thought he said Metropolis back in the Death of Superman." He may if I'm not sure, I don't remember. He was like Mulay. He did. Loo-
0: but then you, you have a shot of yeah. Darkseid's face.
1: You he he, he heard it. At, he heard
2: it on TV on a wrestling match.
1: I thought he. Oh, because I thought he was reading the signs too. Metropolis, X amount of miles, and he was reading it.
0: We got a, a shot of Darkseid's face, like half of his face, and he's like horrified. And he's, the legends are true. You are beyond death. It's just like what is that? William Shatner is dark. Well, it's got the little space there. It's got you dot 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 or beyond death. The legends, dot dot dot, are true. So they they wrote him like William Shatner. But he he, it just I don't know. He he's defeated too easily and he's like conceding defeat too easily.
1: He's playing positive. No, he's
0: not. And then, uh,
1: sorry, I've I've already moved on to Maxima, and I'm stuck there. Oh, cool. jeez.
0: <laughs> well, before we get to Maxima, we come back to Desad, who is just you know amazed to see Darkseid defeated that way. And he's, he, though it though it shames us all, I must search for help elsewhere for help. At which point we cut to the Justice League, and Bill can look at Maxima. Is that Medusa? Mm-hmm.
1: Medusa? No, that's okay.
0: Maxima. Okay, I thought it was, Medusa it was Medusa. From the Inhumans.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Now her hair not long enough.
0: So she's kind of pissed at him. You didn't want to join us, and you have a face that looks different every panel.
2: <laughs> really? She says that?
0: Oh, I'm reading between the lines a little bit. I know. Her head, her neck is kind of askew on her head on that full body shot. Doesn't doesn't quite look like it lines really? up right. Uh. I get the feeling you're not looking at above that. I, I
1: didn't say that. I didn't say that. Don't put words in my I didn't mouth. Don't put words in your mouth. Well, you beat me to it. Oh, I'm sorry. The shading is nice on um, the costume. Uh-huh. Just I'll stop. Stop. Before I get more hate mail. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: not going to even comment on it. Um, it's a very shiny costume. So. I, I don't know if I I, I. I don't know what to think about this shot of Superman standing with his arms folded.
1: Okay, what is with his cape
0: in the previous panel?
1: What the heck, man? Look I'd be at
0: that. Like, get off me. It's
1: it's all, get off me, man. It's all draped in him. Like, like he pulled it up around him because he was cold. <laughs> like,
0: what the heck? Got a little chill.
1: Control your cape. I've never seen his cape like that. Never. I don't think I've ever seen his cape in that. Before your, you know, arms crossed shot that when they're looking up at the huge picture of the side, huge picture, right up his nostril,
0: and then that the arms crossed. Uh, when you cross your arms, the underneath arm, you usually put the hand up on your bicep. You don't just lay it underneath like just that, leave it
1: hanging in the air, <laughs> waving like it just don't care. Let me try to do that right now. Okay, so I, okay. So I got this one here, yeah, and this, yeah, the other one, yeah, because it's a net. Either have both hands on resting on each bicep, or one of them tucked.
0: You could have one tucked underneath the bicep, but you don't, you don't tuck underneath, you the don't bicep, tuck both but you underneath don't have, biceps. have on the
1: same hand. You don't have it. Yeah, that's whatever. Superman, what's wrong with idiot. you,
0: idiot? So he figures out that this is going on in the Apocalypse, and they get to Boom Tube. That's really what it comes down to. Boom, Boom Tube, let's go back to my room. Oh, I'm not very familiar with the character of Maxima, either. You want to give us any background uh, on her?
1: She's like a, um, from what I remember, she's comes from a race of... Uh, a warrior. She's strong. I believe she came. If, if I remember, did correctly. she come to
0: try and mate with Superman originally? Yes, yes, yes.
1: And I remember this from listening to Crisis to Crisis
0: to, to Crisis um, to Crisis to Crisis. Yes. So
1: with uh, uh, Mike and Jeffrey. So that's that's what I remember. Um, that where she's from. Okay.
0: And she ends up in the league, I guess. So she gets a boom tube. He's ready to head over. And we cut back to Doomsday who's dragging Darkseid like a bitch. And he's not even unconscious because he does let out a little no. <sighs> so he's just helpless little 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 boy Darkseid.
1: Hmm. So Superman boom tubes into the uh vicinity of Apocalypse. And um uh... He's, even the, the 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 mother box is a little like apprehensive about them being there.
0: Yeah. Then he, he lands like the creeper. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, uh, just another strange choice as far as the pose goes, as far as I'm concerned. I don't dislike the hey, art man. in here. I just question a lot of the thought process, and I don't like a lot of the facial renderings. So uh, yeah, he confronts the cyborg, who kind of lets him know what's going on, that he's not teaming up with Darkseid, and that he has a different ally. And then we get to the Terra series of pictures that Scott made reference to earlier.
1: The Terra? Oh, sorry, the, the Crusher again.
0: Sorry. Uh, but I, I do, oh, I, yeah. I kind of like that sequence. Just, just to see Superman afraid, and as Scott mentioned, you know, not letting that fear paralyze him or prevent him from doing the right thing, it's just, just mm-hmm. adds a level to the story that you don't always get. Yeah, and he gets blasted by um, Hank
1: because he, basically he's like, "Yeah, don't worry about him. I'm gonna
0: kill you." You are my kill. And Assad takes this opportunity, well, while they're both distracted, to set up a boom tube to take uh, Doomsday away. Superman rushes, rushes towards see him. See and see it's, see it's see an interesting me. thing, because he rushes towards him, and clearly he's traveling at a very high rate of speed going after him. But then he still mm-hmm. questions his own resolve and whether or not he purposely, unconsciously and let he him let
1: up at the last second. And yeah,
0: yeah. So he's got some inner doubts as to what's you know wh- what he's going to do going forward and you know what what he can do and what what does it say at the end? So he's fading. I'm too late. Too late. Should have been faster. Did I hold back? Did part of me want him to escape? When I saw Lo- Doomsday alive, I felt the fear. No, that can't be true. I wanted to nail him here on Apocalypse. Now he's gone, but where? And what if he's on Earth? And while that's going on, he's down on his knees, just kind of, you know, hands hand, hands
1: in his lap, yeah. and he's looking down at the ground. I, I think,
0: you know, from a helpless point of view, it's second only to the fetal position.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Of course, he does have a mother box he can head when back.
1: You're, uh, or that position when you're when you're out of toilet paper in a bathroom and you're trying to reach some and it's just out of your reach, and oh, sorry, I think I've spoke too much, yes, you
0: have so well, I don't have kryptonian powers to bring it over to me, you know <laughs> i I'm not sure if, I'm not sure what you would do with that anyway, but anyway, that's i I use that Superman telekinesis to uh bring it okay,
1: over, okay, you do that. I could use my super breath and suck it over, it and then get stuck with a roll of toilet paper in my mouth.
0: <gasps> so, so that's the end of the first issue of our three-issue set, and I guess we can rate it now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, as I said, I have some issues with the 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 proportions on the cover, but I like. I like the overall feel of it, you know, Superman ready for battle, the, the flames behind him. I guess he's supposed to be on Apocalypse at this point. Uh, you know, he's absolutely ready for battle. Uh, so I like it. I think there's things about it that could be a little better, but overall, I think it's pretty solid, and I'm going to say a B. The interior art, I want to like a lot more than I do when I look closely at it. Like, at, at a superficial look, I think this art is good, but then when you start looking closer, you start seeing so many flaws, especially in the way Superman is drawn, I think. Uh, so I'm going to say, because on a superficial level I think it looks good, I'm going to say a C+, plus, uh, but but I think it could be a lot better if Superman was drawn better uh, or more consistently throughout. Uh, and the story, I really like the story. I think it, it sets up the... Uh, you know the terror that Superman's going through. It really, you know, gets you looking forward to the battle between them. Uh, my biggest quibble is just the fact that Darkseid goes down so easily. Uh, you know, Superman was able to go toe to toe with Doomsday, and Darkseid doesn't even get in a, a punch. So mm. that's my biggest quibble. But that's going to knock it down to a. Uh, that's going to knock it to a B, and overall, I'm going to give the book a B. All right. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah.
1: When I first saw this cover, I really liked it. And it was one of the reasons, you know, I bought it right off the shelf. Um, also, because it was the continuation of the Doomsday story. And I had an interest in that. But uh, the. Um, it's kind of plain behind him, though, with the flames. It's not really. It almost looks like just a like a computerized background oh i think it is so it's it's you know that being said i i'm still going to give this cover a b overall um the interior art i'm a little bit more forgiving yeah there was a few things here and there but uh i i mean you know aside from a few you know things we found with the consistency of superman but overall i'm i'm okay with it i think i'm gonna be like a c plus b minus maybe just a tad bit above you and i like the story although yeah maybe dark side shouldn't have gone down a little so easily maybe got a few more omega beam shots off or something uh but i'll give it a b as well and overall the book's a b for me
0: scott
2: um I like the cover, except I have a huge problem with Superman's actual face. He he looks like a muppet to me. He looks like Beaker or something. <laughs> he's, he's his face is I, I can't quite put put my finger on it or describe it, but it just he's got some serious dur face going on. He just doesn't look like Superman to me everything else looks great. I love the, you know, I I love the, you know, the, the anatomy of the figure. I, I like the way it's all laid out. I like, well, the cape looks a little bit funny, but I think it's just the angle that we're seeing him at. Uh, I like the hair. I like everything except the actual look on his face. I don't know if it's the angle we're seeing it at or what, but it just he, he just looks derpy. I just really don't like that face. You're okay
0: with the cottage cheese thighs?
2: Well, I mean, I don't see it as cottage cheese thighs. I, I see him, I mean, it's, it, he's muscular. And the, you know, the, uh, what would that be? That's his left leg, the one that's kind of cocked up. It, it's cocked up, so it's closer to us, and the mus- muscles are kind of bulging like that because the leg is, in that position even, even in areas so. where the
0: muscles don't look like that yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. I, I don't mean just, to bust I your think chops I mean, I think it looks but like, I, I just i don't i don't uh, like I mean, the legs at it all it looks
2: dynamic, but I, I just uh, i don't i just don't like the face um so for that reason i i i cannot give it a, a very high grade i'm i'm honestly i think i'm gonna go a d minus just because the the face is really bad um the interior art I'm also not going to be terribly kind on just because my, my problem ultimately with this entire miniseries is I feel like I see right through it. Um, I think it was very commercial, intended just to ride the coattails of the Death of Superman phenom that nobody at DC saw coming. They didn't realize what it was going to be, and even when it was happening, and even right after it happened, they didn't realize what they had, and I think this was their very quick attempt to cash in on that before it was all over, and because of that, because of the very rushed nature of this project... um it's not that it's not good. It's that it could be so much better than it actually is. You're, you're right, Paul, the story's not half bad. And there's a lot of elements of the story that I like. So the, the story, um, at least for this first issue, I, I think I'm tempted to give the story a fairly high grade, like, a, I don't know. I, I'd probably go as high as a B on the story because there, there are a lot of elements of the story that I actually like but it's my my biggest quibble with it beyond the the obvious commercialism the obvious cash grab here is the fact of i i'm a huge dan jurgens mark especially during this era and this i mean granted if they just didn't have a lot of time to work on it if it really was the the rush job that that I've heard that it is and that it looks like it is then you I guess you kind of got to cut him a little bit of slack, but knowing Dan Juergens as I do and having been a fan of his for a long time, damn, I just, I know he's capable of so much better than this. And there are moments of it, you know, the, the book's not horrible or anything. There, there are some truly great panels. There's some pages where the, the whole page is really good, but it's the wonky inconsistency of it. You'll get a really good panel followed by a just horrible panel or a really good page followed by just a horrible page and it's that up and down inconsistency superman's skinny superman's fat superman's muscular superman's scrawny it's like damn it man you know consistency a little bit here and a lot of really goofy faces a lot of big puffy like romance comics lips <laughs> just a lot of art problems with this that that really drag it down for me and again because of that rushed look just adds to that that feeling that puts me off that that just makes me want to dismiss it out of hand as oh just cash grab and that was that all these years after because i think i only read this once i think i read it when it came out and put it in a box, and I, I I don't think I've looked at it again until tonight. And uh, so all these years that that really has been the, the my lingering impression from it was uh, you know, just a quick attempt to cash in on on the popularity of of Doomsday and the whole death of Superman thing. I, I don't know if that's fair or not, because, as I say the this the story's not happening at least here in this first issue. Now, once we go beyond that, and we go, especially, I'm pretty sure it's in the very next issue where, I don't know if we get the entire origin of Doomsday, but I know they start telling you the origin. That's where the story immediately jumped the shark for me, because I never needed an origin for this guy. And I certainly didn't need the origin that they gave us, because I still maintain the origin is just stupid. So, yeah, but I mean... Dru- judging this strictly as this first standalone issue um, be on the story I'm gonna go a I'm gonna go a D honestly on the art because it's he it's just this team is capable of so much more. I've seen them do amazing stuff with this character and there's a little bit of amazing in this book, but it's mostly I'd, I'd mostly have to chalk the R, R up as wonky would really be the word. Um, for this individual issue so overall great on this um i'm gonna go like a like a c minus because it it could be so much better than it is so there you go i i hate to be down on it because damn this is my era i mean this is my superman yeah i'm
0: happy to have somebody else be to no once in a while
2: yeah i mean <laughs> but this the, it's just that this particular story um was was just never a favorite of mine unfortunately but uh I certainly I was looking to see when this came. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, this book actually came out on my birthday in '94, um, April 12th. But I was looking to see, you know, what what was concurrent. Like, where was this in Superman's history? And and this was uh, published concurrently with the fall of Metropolis and just prior to Dead Again, which was a story I really liked. So there was also that element um of this story I remember reading as it came out feeling that I don't know if any other superman fan ever felt this way but one of the reasons I always loved the dead again story was because I for a time I wasn't entirely convinced that this was really superman because you have to remember we got after superman died we had four imposters or or at least four replacement supermen. And there was a lot of uh, advertising out there playing with that idea that, you know, here's four new supermen, but are any of them really him? Mm -hmm. And so when he comes back from the dead, I still had some lingering doubt because I I kept trying to think of this from both a story angle, but also a marketing angle of how cool would it be if he comes back and they suck you in and you're buying it and then say a year, two years, three do- years down the road, they suddenly reveal, holy shit, this isn't really Superman where well, they suckered us. And and this guy's actually evil or he's actually, uh, you know, whatever. And so that was always a lingering thought in the back of my head as well with this whole thing of, OK, now this guy who may or may not really be Superman now he's having round two with Doomsday. And I remember that giving me kind of an uneasy feeling like if they did reveal him to not really be Superman, would, would this fight then be kind of a kind of a cheat? Um, So I don't know. I don't know if any of that makes any sense, but it was fun looking at this again, just to kind of bring me back to that that headspace of where I was reading this coming out in 94. So that it was fun for that anyway.
0: But cool. All right. Well, whether you like it or not, we're going to do issue number two. Oh, okay. (laughs) Only not today. (laughs) Because that'll. Oh, we're gonna go until we finish them all. Let's go. Next up, that'll done. do it for tonight's show. <laughs> hope you enjoyed listening to it, and uh, I enjoyed doing it. I don't know about I don't know about Scott. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nice, I'm busting right? your balls. Uh, but uh,
2: yeah, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiMonzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and/or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to two true freaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two true freaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks and we'll see you next week.
0: Aye. Hey, I just saw Bill's head fly by.